When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On the latest episode of BCC The Other Side. Northern Frights continues as we examine a seductive and dangerous legendary entity, the Holdra. Plus, I drop a few teasers about Expedition Bigfoot Season 2. To subscribe to The Other Side, go to patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. <laughs> I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. <laughs> Hey everybody and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I should fire myself after saying guests that way. Uh, <laughs> I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host. Aloha, Bryce Johnson oh, here. Oh God, he's got he's on island time now. <laughs> He's been on the island for a week, and now he's already seen it. <laughs> You're a real uh, ha- 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 oh, is it a howley? Is that what they call yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what they call it. You're a howley, sure. buddy. Uh, and then, of course, <laughs> that sound is the dulcet tones of our super producer, Riley Bray. And because you've already downloaded this episode, you saw who the guest was. We're gonna bring her right in, um, kids. We're celebrating the holiday season this week. We're a bunch of Christmas kids here in the clubhouse. Uh, you know, we we honor and acknowledge all holidays of the holiday season, but Christmas is my favorite holiday. And as we've explored over the past two Yuletides, yep. Christmas is full of weird characters. Yeah. And we're, so, we're starting to, we have a tradition here now. Now too, we have a tra- like. Yeah, I know it's funny cuz our first Christmas we didn't do this. We just kind of forgot christmas or the holidays altogether, and then i wanted to make sure that we uh we did it we started it two years ago uh with this guest so we thought we'd bring back our recurring christmas guest to help us unpack this year's christmas cryptid elves yeah. we're gonna be talking yeah. elves Fuck uh yeah. club scouts she's an actor and a comedic performer and honestly a fucking megastar yeah she's also the co-host of a funny feeling. She is our BCC sis. Please give a warm Club Scout salute to the one and fucking only Betsy Sodaro. Oh, Betsy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah! Oh man! Remember, Thank you, Betsy. Remember when we did the live show at Fanex and you said like. 
started dropping f-bombs immediately and then like a mom carried her child out of this oh yeah absolutely (laughs) i i I started talking about this magnet i have on my fridge where it's two pigs fucking and immediately the mom was like yeah Yeah, well whatever making bacon in memphis yes that's how you filter a crowd get them out of there if they don't want to be there yeah, you get uh, filthy immediately, and then you're like, yeah, get out of here, you bummers. Come on. So if any of you guys turned off this podcast after hearing Betsy talking about <laughs> two pigs fucking, you're not real fans of the show, okay? Right. Yeah, you're not fans of paranormal, unexplainable stuff. You can't handle two k- pigs fucking, man. This is the field for you. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, we could not back. I we love could... this tradition. Yeah, uh, yeah this is awesome. Yeah. I do too. Well, and I should just say up front, uh, I listened back to our our first couple episodes just to just to check on where we had treaded, and we did something in the very first one that I thought is a good idea. Um, if the pigs fucking didn't make <laughs> you turn this off in front of your kids, then just a reminder: we oh, might yeah. get spoiler, into right. some Christmas spoilers about oh. a certain fat elf. Oh, by the way, my dog's losing it because my Indian food just showed up. Oh, um, go, get guys, that food. go get that food. Guys, tell them yeah. about the Christmas spoiler. I'll be right back. Yeah, look, so if you have children that listen to this podcast who might still believe in a jolly old elf, maybe now's the time to push them away a little bit because we <laughs> will be talking about real shit. Yeah, shove them out of the room. Get them out of here. <laughs> That being said, my daughter is at an age now. This is the first Christmas. She's, she's 11 years old oh. where it she knows. And she's let me know that she knows. Oh, and, no. uh, yeah, I know. It's kind of sweet. And uh, do you know what Elf on the Shelf is, Betsy Riley? Yeah, yeah, I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's this like ju- it's like this juggernaut phenom. It's this lady who wrote a book called Elf on the Shelf, and it came with a little elf, and it's like a little fucking spy, right? And a you have to like CIA drone. It's spy. like a little right. yeah, and you got to move it around the house, and because apparently, according to the book, you know, the elf watches your behavior and then flies oh away, reports back to Santa, and comes oh. back the next day. And Ew. so, if, if you're Michael. a good parent, you've got to like you know, creatively move this elf every night. <laughs> Sometimes we'll forget to, and my boy be like, huh, he didn't move. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But but th- 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 this is just teaching kids to behave in a surveillance state. It's, I, it's I, the worst. I would have never bought that fucking book had I known <laughs> the amount of shit I was getting into. But, <laughs> but, but this year, my daughter, she was like, she's like, daddy, um, uh, I'll move the elf tonight. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. All right. And so she's having fun getting creative with it. That's nice. I'm glad she's not like mad. No. Like it's just more like, cool. I want to in on this now. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Oh, that's so cute. Charlie found out. Yeah, she yeah she kind of let me know that this this year that uh, she knows what the deal is. My son, who's only two years younger, and obviously, I've I've learned that you know women evolve so much faster <laughs> on, on every level. My son's still like, Hell yeah. Woo, Christmas and elves and Santa, and you're just like <laughs> not even close to knowing the the full, <laughs> not even close. Oh, she's perpetuating the magic for him. Yeah, that's, nice. yeah. that's so nice. Yeah. I can't remember if I ever told the story of when I found out. Did we tell these stories? 
I don't know. You're the one that reviewed the last two episodes. Yeah. What did we, what did we do on those, man? Uh, yeah. I didn't get all the way through the second one. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> I had work to do today, prepping the show. But Well, tell us anyway, Michael, when did you realize? That, uh, uh, my mom was in a really bad mood because my sister missed the bus. I was probably in the second or third grade. <gasps> oh, that's oh, early. That's and, young. And so, yeah, so I was like nine, maybe eight, nine. And I'd been a little suspicious, obviously. But like, you don't. I mean, as a as a as a grown man who still collects action figures, obviously Santa was a very important figure in my life. <laughs> yeah, you know, we don't and joke I, here. Those are collectibles, not that's uh, right, not toys. That's right. And I remember like picking the worst moment to go up to my mom and be <gasps> like. She was like, my sister missed a bus. They were in an argument. My mom hadn't then drive, you know, was going to have to drive her to school, which she didn't want to do because her bus came like a half hour earlier than mine. And my mom was like cleaning up the the dishes. And I was like, because she was a beleaguered housewife. And I was like, (laughs) Mom, Santa Claus real. And she like threw a plate in the sink, looked at me, and she said, Michael, do you think one man can really fly to every house (laughs) and deliver presents to every house of every kid in the world? Let me subtitle that. Michael, how fucking dumb are you? (laughs) Honestly. Honestly, Michael. (laughs) My mom's like a nice lady. She was just pissed. And I remember remember immediately going, oh, no, 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 this backfired. And I was like, if he's magic, he is. And she just gave me a look that <laughs> I knew, you know, and I burst into tears and I Aww. ran upstairs and I sat outside my sister's bedroom because I knew she must have known. And she was banging around, getting ready for, to, you know, like rushing to get ready. And I just sat outside her room and cried. Oh, and then like 10 minutes later, I collected myself and I went downstairs and I walked into the kitchen. I said to my mom, I said, well, at least we still, at least I still have the Easter bunny and the tooth fairy. (laughs) And she shot me another look that like immediately erased the two of them. And I burst into tears again. (laughs) Wow. And now you host a paranormal podcast. Yeah. Yeah, That's what happens. And and now I'm like the power of tulpas makes Santa's real. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, do you scream that at her every Christmas? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, the powers of tulpas, mom. Make them fucking real. Jokes on you. And think about that. Yeah, huh? Betsy, do you remember where you were when you found Where I was. You know, it was, um, I remember I was snooping through my parents' closet and found this set of books that I had asked Santa for. Oh. And then and then when Santa came that next day, or yeah, whenever, oh yeah, Christmas morning. Whatever, uh, I, those books were from Santa, and I was like, "Oh, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> right, right." But I wasn't like heart. I was just kind of like, "Oh, okay, okay." Now everything kind of makes sense. Like, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't um, super set. Like, I wasn't super upset about it. Yeah, that magic just the being destroyed like that ruined me for a couple of years. You know what I mean? Yes. Sure. What about you guys? Do you remember? We're going here. Let's do it. You know, I never, I never officially acknowledged it because so I would. My parents were divorced. I would spend Christmases Whoa. with my with my dad, and 
and realizing how much work he put into like keeping up the facade and it, it, you know, and at some point he must've known that me and my brother knew, but nevertheless, he just like still went full steam ahead with like the, the Santa and the Christmas thing, because so we would do Christmas Eve at my grandma's house and we'd open all the presents from each other. Right. So if it came from my dad or my grandma or my brother, we'd open those. And then Christmas morning, there would be a whole other batch of presents under the tree from Santa Claus. Wow. Only that would be at my dad's house, like a mile and a half away. So we do Christmas Eve at my grandma's and then we'd all go to sleep. And it, looking back now, he must've woke up around like 2 AM, mm-hmm. drove to his house, got everything together. <sighs> right. And then drove back to grandma's house to go to sleep. So we didn't know he was gone. Wow. And we'd wake up at like eight and then be like, okay, let's go to your house. And, and boom, we do it. And it was just like, you know, a whole setup. And I mean, he, he relished Christmas with us. I mean, because, you know, he only had summers and Christmases. So he put on a fucking show. But and he was a toy man. He oh, liked my toys. God. He loved toys. And he had he was very much a child at heart. And so and so he really got a, a kick out of that. And and so I never wanted to let him know that, like, even like 15, I remember like, man, that fucking Santa puts on a show. <laughs> like, he sure does. <laughs> you know, so, that's yeah, so that sweet. Is, oh, sweet. Yeah, that's like, wow, that's really nice. Um, I mean, for me, I, I feel like I saw some assembly of something happening. It was oh, a present for, oh. my, for my brother, I think, my younger brother. But I had two younger brothers, so I had the similar reaction where I was like, oh, now I'm on this team. Like, oh, right. Don't like, like, worry, I'm good for it. Like, yeah. And uh, so I don't remember being sad about it. I remember kind of being like, it. I was pretty suspicious, you know? And then I saw the, uh, I saw my dad putting, I think it was a bike for my brother, so I'm putting it together. Like I kind of snuck out of my room. Yeah. You and peeled then, uh, peeled back the window to Santa's workshop. Yeah, exactly. I was like, ah, if, ah, that if makes I, sense. If I right. ever have kids, I'm gonna dress in a Santa costume <laughs> when I'm putting up their Santa gifts. So if they walk out, ah. I'm gonna look like Santa. Oh yeah, go, go full tilt. That's inception level, Mike. I give you, That's I good. give you doing that one year. <laughs> And I think after the first year, you're going to be like, oh, fuck, I don't give a shit, man. (laughs) Yeah, my dad used to, you know, obviously, he, you know, I would get like, I was a lucky kid, fortunate kid. I got like play sets every year, like Castle Grayskull and the Ghostbusters Firehouse. And I remember, I think the year I got the Ghostbusters Firehouse, my dad, which is probably the last year that I believed, my dad um, wrote a letter because he just got tired of doing this and he was probably drunk and didn't want to deal with oh, it. No. But like, I remember walking out and just having the box and instead of the firehouse being set up, there was a letter from Santa on top saying, you're old enough to put this together. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought like, this is awesome. Santa left yeah. me a letter. This That's is great. Cool. So I got shit to do tonight. Good luck. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. You have fun, kid. Yeah, and I loved, you know, a collector that I was. I loved the boxes. So all the, uh, all, you know, the more the merrier as far as I was concerned. Man, amazing. <laughs> Um, oh. Well, Betsy, it's so good to have you back. Um, we're going to get into a little bit more of the holiday spirit. But before we do that, Riley, Bryce, we have some... Beast 
CDC News! <laughs> Alright, so this is probably going to be old news by the time our listeners hear this, but this is a story that came up this week that we got sent, or at least I did. It was texted to me by a million people. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I think you know what I'm going to be talking about here. Uh, Betsy, let us know if you heard this one. Um, okay. This is from NBC News. This is pulled it up on Yahoo!, Uh, The headline reads, aliens exist and Trump almost let it slip, says Israeli professor and former (laughs) space official. A former Israeli space security chief has sent eyebrows shooting heavenward by saying that Earthlings have been in contact with extraterrestrials from a quote unquote galactic federation. Mm. (laughs) The unidentified flying objects have asked not to publish that they are here. Humanity is not ready yet. Haim Eshed, former head of Israel's Defense Ministry Space Directorate, told Israel's Yediot Aronot newspaper. The interview in Hebrew ran on Friday and gained traction after parts were published in English by the Jerusalem Post on Tuesday. A respected professor and retired general, Eshed, said the aliens were equally curious about humanity and were seeking to understand, quote-unquote, the fabric of the universe. Mm. Ashed said cooperation agreements have been signed between species, including an underground base in the depths of Mars, where the, <laughs> there are American astronauts and alien representatives. Wow, this guy's sipping the tea, huh? Yep, he <laughs> said, I think it's more than just tea. There is an agreement between the U.S. government and the aliens. They signed a contract with us to do experiments here, he said. Eshed added that President Donald Trump was aware of the extraterrestrial's existence and had been on the verge of revealing information, but was asked not to in order to prevent mass hysteria. <laughs> they have been waiting until yeah, today. he's opposed to mass hysteria. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. yeah. getting people all riled up. Like, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, uh, that's fair. <laughs> they have been waiting until today for humanity to develop and reach a stage where we will understand in general what space and spaceships are. I mean, I think we can probably wrap our brains around what the fuck spaceships are. Um, mm, unless, of course, we're talking about some high-tech gizmos. Um as Shed said, referring to the Galactic Federation. The White House and Israeli officials did not immediately uh, respond to NBC News' request for comment. Sue Gao, a spokesman for the Pentagon, declined to comment. So I'm going to pull a Bryce and say that's basically where I'm going to end it here. Yep, but um, yeah, a high-ranking Israeli dude saying that... Uh, Aliens are real, and it's basically Star Trek, but we're not ready to graduate to that level. What do you guys think? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what I think. I think he joins the ranks of people like Nick Pope, who who served as part of the Ministry of Defense uh, for the British government from 91 to 94, who now is like on the UFO circuit. And it also reminds me of a guy named uh, Paul Hellyer from Canada. He was an ex-defense minister. who's long been insisting that aliens have visited Earth for many years and that when aliens saw the atomic bomb, they decided that we were a great threat to the cosmos. So, you know, he's not alone in being one of these sort of top-level government insiders who, in my humble opinion, have just formulated their own opinions reading a few classified documents and, and sort of tried to connect the dots of what they That's think is going on. a great point, because actually Nick Pope, uh, Betsy, I want to get your reaction, but I'm going to jump on what Bryce just said. Okay. Nick Pope um, is quoted in this article. 
Uh, he says, uh, Nick Pope, who used to investigate UFOs for the British Ministry of Defense, described Eshed's remarks as extraordinary. Mm. Either this is some sort of practical joke or publicity stunt to help sell his book. He has a book coming out. Perhaps mm. with something having been lost in translation or someone in the know is breaking, breaking ranks. Mm. Um, Pope said that the UFO and conspiracy theory community was excited, but the questions remained, including whether or not Ashed was speaking from direct personal knowledge and experience or whether he is repeating something he has been told. Right. And Nick Pope ends it with, there are still some missing pieces of the puzzle here. And that's that kind of, you know, when this came out, I went back to look at Paul Hellier from Canada because it reminded me of that. And I pulled up an interview. I'll put it in the show notes. And Paul Hellier in an, in an on-camera interview basically says, yeah, I was the Ministry of Defense for Canada, but I never I got calls about UFO, but never UFOs, but never investigated it. Mm. Never looked into it, never saw anything about it, right? It's only later when he retired that he got into ufology and read, of all things, The Day After Roswell by Philip Corso, which has sort of been, right? you know... There's not the some, best source material. Not the best yeah. source of material. <laughs> and then a, his son talked to an Air Force dude that was like, oh, yeah, that's all true and more. And that kind of sent Paul Hellyer down a line of getting you know just down the rabbit hole and getting into it much in the like the way that we are and decided okay this stuff has to be true but not based on any of his experiences while serving yeah. for canada as ministry of defense i mean it's just right. a stark reminder that these that these people in top tier positions are are just human and they're yep. they're subject <laughs> to folly and foible and you know they house opinions of their own, not based on factual evidence, and and sometimes they just love to spout off, you know. Bet, oh, yeah. what do oh, you think? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I just, um, nah, man. Like, I think, <laughs> I think, sure, aliens have probably been here. Cool, but I don't think that shit's happening. You know. Yeah, yeah the base on just... Mars and is just like a little like deep secret space program and. Cool. Yeah, Cox. It's just like, and it feels a little know. politically motivated. Wherever you fall on the spectrum, but like, also <laughs> like the shout out to Trump is a little like he wanted to do it, but he was told not to. And Les right. Bryce pointed out, when has he ever been decided not to do something based on something someone told him? Right. So, and also the idea of the Galactic Federation to me is like, okay, this is very uh, Star Trek. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Riley, same. You think? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a little on the nose, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. wouldn't it be wouldn't it be awesome if it were true? Totally. So uh, I want it to be true, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's crazy that he is like a high ranking general though, and like has a respected academic career. I I can admit it. You, it's hard to just dismiss. It's like, what is the motivation here? You can right. either say it's dementia, or he's trying to sell books, or it could or be a big disinformation drop. Or yeah, is it that? Like what? Like it's, it's, it's hard to just laugh it off. But it's like, I mean, it's ridiculous. At the I end think, of the day, I, I think. I think rumors circulate in these in these tight circles, and and once somebody starts to do a little research of their own, it's hard to disprove the existence of UFOs and aliens. So then Definitely, they tend yeah. to lean the other way, you know. And, mm -hmm. and there's right. there's so much material on 
on the existence of these things, they probably just like us, they start going down the rabbit hole. And, you know, just because of the title of the position that they held gives their what they think more more weight, more credence when really out there on the edge going, I think this is what's going on, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, Bryce, it's like people are very much people at Mm -hmm. the end of the day. Yep. Whether they have a uh, high ranking position or not. I agree. Yep. Yeah. But fun story. Fun story. Yeah. Keeps the UFOs in the mix. Betsy (laughs) Sodaro. Oh, welcome back to our holiday party. Um, Gotta ask just before we get any further. Any paranormal experience updates? Any any weird shit in the past year you can't explain? Any weird shit? Well, there was a while where I kept seeing, like, flashes. Um, but then I realized it was just a new lamp I got, and whenever the heat turns on, it fucking flashes. But I, I was like, uh-oh, like, either ghost something, or I'm like, my like, my brain is melting away. Uh, well, they say that everyone in quarantine is starting to have more paranormal experiences, and that's either them just noticing shit like their lamp does that, or right. or like they're actually home now longer to hear a ghost trying to talk to them. So you and you and your roomie Mono haven't haven't had any of that. So. Nothing, nothing like that. Um, yeah, nothing. I'm trying to even think like. I haven't even had uh, like sleep paralysis or anything. And nothing, yeah, nothing, uh, nothing too spooky. You know, for a goofball, you're pretty well adjusted. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. I mean, more nightmares. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I uh, I live my nightmares every day during <laughs> quarantine and a <laughs> pandemic. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's everything's been pretty chill here. That's good. Yeah. The way you want it at the end of the day, right? Right. There's enough going on. You don't want to have to deal with paranormal. You don't want to be locked in an apartment with a ghost right now. No. No. Not at all. Screw that. All right. So um, last year you brought in some horror movies. And this year I kind of wanted to do the same thing. But since we're going to be getting into elves Mm -mm. this week, I thought... Who better to turn to, as I often have, even during quarantine, to say, Betsy, <laughs> what are some really good scary movies or movies that you enjoy that feature creepy critters? You know, creepy I'm thinking critters. You know, like gremlins, you know, something yes. like that, you know. Um, so did you think about it? Do you have a list of recommendations for like, I mean, if you know any elf based horror movies, that would also be great. You but... know, there are a couple elf based horror movies that I haven't watched yet. Like I feel on prime on Amazon prime, there's like a bunch of like evil elf movies and stuff. I haven't watched that yet. I should. I'll watch them in time. We're discovering um, what a treasure trove of trash is available on Amazon, Amazon prime. Dude. I'm, like, dude, I'm right imagining now, all these filmmakers like selling their, their rights to prime and prime. Just like enough. Si- nope. You've said enough. We'll take it. Oh, like, absolutely. Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> all I said is morning elf with a knife and yeah. you're going to buy this. Yeah. What else? Three season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is what they have so much. Um, 
weird, bad, but fun horror movies. And like right now, Christmas movies. I just watched a Christmas movie called Christmas Coupon. It sucks so bad, <laughs> but it's very fun to scream. At. Like where you're like, have you seen Birdemic? Have y'all seen that movie? I, I haven't, but I know exactly what it is. And honestly, I think it's on Prime. But it's ve- like Christmas Coupon was very much Birdemic-y where it's just like, what the fuck is happening? It's great. Um, but I was thinking with Little Creatures, um, I love Ghoulies, especially yes. Ghoulies Go to College. That's number three. Wait, is Ghoulies, that a real go movie? To Ghoulies Go to College? Yeah, it's the third one, and it rules. Oh, my God. I'm <laughs> that up right I haven't now. seen the first Ghoulies. That's the one with the little green guy wearing, like, Mork yeah, and Mindy suspenders seat. popping out of a toilet. Yeah, right? they come from the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I come from the toilet. And I've, I've watched the first one, but I got to tell you, number three is where it's at. Oh, yeah, you know, look at that. Goodies, goodies go to college. A college teacher brings the little creatures back to his campus where they yeah. proceed to terrorize <laughs> the faculty and students. Oh, this looks like a home run. What's yeah. Goodies 2? I think, what is that one? Um... There's one, I think number four is when they go to the carnival, or maybe that's two. And that's pretty good. Going to the carnival is pretty fun, but, I mean, going to college is where it's at. Who's <laughs> uh, college is 1991? This looks so good. <laughs> let me see what number two is. Oh, Okay. Yes, Ghoulies is is um uh, the fairground. Yeah, going to yeah going to um a carnival. Ghoulies. And it's pretty fun. I'm looking up Ghoulies 4 in the final installment. Uh, a retired occult turned police officer is assigned. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, it doesn't really. It just says he's escaped an asylum and tries to summon forth the demonic forces. <laughs> um, there's no, it doesn't really seem to have a hard setting there. No. But I'm looking down it. the list of Ghoulies, okay? Yeah. I want you to tell me. Uh, <laughs> I want you to tell me. How how much you love these on a scale from one to ten ghoulies, okay? Okay, okay. Here we go. Fish ghoulie. Fi- wait, I gotta look at... Wait, where is this thing? Do you have I'm a picture? I'm on Wikipedia. There's no pictures here. Shit. All right. It's okay. It's okay. Well, you can take your time. It's fine. This is a Christmas party. We're all good. We're all good. We're all good. <laughs> so there's a fish ghoulie. You don't have to rank these. I'll just go down the list. Fish ghoulie. Cat ghoulie. Rat ghoulie. Okay. Flying ghoulie. <laughs> Whoa. Monkey ghoulie. Clown doll ghoulie. Ooh. And then it just says other fish ghoulies. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, I think fish ghoulie, rat ghoulie, and cat ghoulie are all in ghoulies three. They're, they're the ones one, who go to two, college. And three. Yeah, they're the main. They're kind of the. It looks like they're the Leonardo, Donatello, and Raphael, and Michelangelo of the group. <laughs> they totally are. And I, you know what? I'm going to. And this is not usually my animal. I'm going with Fish Ghoulie. He is ripped. Nice. He's kind of hot. <laughs> Fish Ghoulie is pretty hot and uh, goes to college. Uh, he's got like a 12 pack on his bod. Uh, just rip roaring abs. Um, so I'm going with uh, Ghoulie Fish Ghoulie. I don't know one Ghoulie. I want everybody to Google Cat Ghoulie right now because Cat Ghoulie also. By the way, these Ghoulies are fucking cut. Dude, <laughs> dude. Cat Ghoulie. Cat Ghoulie is kind of cool. All right. All right hold on. 
And then what was the other one? Bird Ghoulie? What was that? Oh, yeah. Ragooly? Oh, yeah. Flying. Flying. Oh, Ragooly can fuck off. I don't want to look at this guy ever. He does wear a jean jacket, though, so I think I like it. fucking awesome. Yeah, pretty hip. Why aren't they rebooting that? What's going on with that? Right? Oh, I like the Flying Ghoulie. He's kind of cute. Let me see this Flying Ghoulie. Flying Ghoulie kind of has, like, a... He's kind of got, like, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle face. And bat and like f- weird, weird penis skin bat wings. <laughs> I guess I guess you could say all the ghoulies are carved from penis skin. They seem to have penis, pe- bald skin <laughs> texture. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. Whoa, flying ghoulie. Okay, I, well, I'm sticking with fish ghoulie. Great, he's hot. He'd be the one you'd want to take. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, we're about who, who, if we had to, like, I don't know, get with a ghoulie, who would we get with? Yeah, <laughs> fuck, Mary, kill, cat, ghoulie, fish, ghoulie, rat, ghoulie. <laughs> fuck, cat, marry, fish. <laughs> I agree. Easy, I agree. Easy. Oh, my God. Those are worth a watch again, I'm sure. Yes. Wow. They're they're very fun. They're you very know, fun. Speaking of critter movies, I loved the movie Critters when I was young. Uh, that was a, always a classic. Did you like that one, Betsy? You know what? I've never seen it. Oh, it's I so haven't either. Good. You haven't seen Critters? No, I always looked at it. In, as, oh, I, I always looked God. at the poster, uh, the box art, and the VHS copy at the movie store uh, at. Um, what was the name of the movie store we used to go to before Blockbuster? It was like Hollywood. I want to say it was like Hollywood, Hollywood Forever. Right. Was, no. Hollywood eh. Video. Hollywood Forever. Is it wasn't a chain. Area. It was a local spot. Uh, okay. There, okay. My Dude. sister and her husband used to live near a video store called Cedar Chest Videos, and it just made it sound like it was just all porn. Yeah. <laughs> it really does, yeah. It totally does. And they did have a huge porn section at Cedar yeah, Chest. Look, I miss those is. video stores. Uh, Hollywood yeah. Connection. Hollywood, Hollywood Connection. Oh, that's pretty that's, good. Uh, that's a good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's very good. Riley, did, you, did you see Critters, Riley? No, I'm looking at it now. I oh. never saw this. The tagline is "They bite." Oh, it's so <laughs> good. yeah, they do. It's so good, man. <laughs> Isn't Leonardo DiCaprio in the yeah, first Le- one? Yeah, Leo was in the second one. He did the sequel. The second one. Wow. Oh, wow. I what I love about it are there's there's these two, like, sort of uh, space warriors, this guy and the girl, and they look like fucking, like, 80s rock stars. And they, come down, they come down to exterminate the critters. And huh. and they they don't talk. They just wear cool sunglasses and dark overcoats. And then you, you they just they fucking rock. It's oh. a great movie. I'm, gonna I'm watch totally this. gonna watch it. Yeah, you should. It's worth it. Yes. Oh, that looks fun. Yeah, I, I got. I got watch all of them because there's four critters, yeah, right? And maybe four, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I only went through one and two, but maybe I should check out three and four. I mean, I think you should check out three and four. <laughs> I gotta watch you. all these movies. Absolutely. <laughs> there, every time, every time I think like, oh, I, I filled the void from my childhood watching some of this stuff over quarantine. I'm like, oh, wait. The Ghoulies and Critters franchises. I yeah, haven't gone there go. yet. Right, right. Uh, Betsy, what else is on your spooky little 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 creature movie list? Little creature. Well, this is tough because I I really love doll movies, <laughs> like creepy, and that kind of popped in my mind. Of just there's a I just watched this one in um 
quarantine, guess what the name is? The name is Dolls, and it rules. It's and it's on Prime. I'm telling you, everything it's on Prime. It's so much fun. And I was ready. I was I was ready to be like, okay, this movie's gonna suck, but it's awesome. And it's a lot of fun, like stop motion uh, animation, just creepy dolls. Uh, and I I love doll movies where they're like uh, demonic dolls and stuff. They're what, so fun. What era of now. filmmaking is this? I'm googling it right 80s? now. 80s. I think. Oh, yeah, I've seen this too. 87. I I gotta watch this. It's like legit very Stuart fun. Gordon. Oh, that Stuart was Gordon good. did it. Reanimator. This guy's a genius. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh and it's it's really, really fun. Mano and I, we were blown away. Oh. Uh blown away by by it. Oh, this I've seen did... this. I remember this. This movie's fucking great. Yeah, Stuart right. Gordon doesn't make a bad movie. Even his like not good movies are still good. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. They're just pure fun. Like, that's... He's just good at making just fun movies. Great. Dolls on the um, list. Dolls. Oh, I love in the... the I love the movie The Gate. And there oh, are some good yes. little demon creatures that come yeah. up from the whole... That are... They rule. There's some flying ghoulies in that movie for sure. For sure. I used to watch The Gate. I think The Gate was like mm. my gateway to horror movies because it was the one. Oh, never seen sc- that. That looks creepy oh, oh, as fuck. Right. Yeah. You would fucking love The Gate. It's so 80s and it's about brothers who open a gate to hell in their house. <laughs> yeah, yeah like in their backyard. <laughs> they like dig out a tree or something and then it is a gate to hell. It's awesome. Oh, no way. Yeah, it's really, really fun. Wow, that wow, one has cool. a f- sort of famous person in it too, doesn't it? Yeah, the, I think the kid is the kid's like Stephen. Some yes, who? Okay, I'm gonna look it up. Stephen uh, Dorff. Stephen yes. Dorff is in it as a as a kid, um, and he's great. I mean, yeah. of course, but he's he's so good. Love the Gate Man. That used to be on HBO all the time when I was like in fourth grade, and I was. Dude, that's very cool you know it's another great movie it's not really a critter movie but did you guys ever see house <gasps> yes that i haven't I seen it it's i haven't seen so the american good. house but i've seen the japanese version and that is fucking incredible i watched that during the pandemic for the first time I, that one's it that one's great um and the american version is bonkers and awesome yes lots yeah. of great like that big, um, that big lady creature. Yeah, I'm looking at her right now. Oh, she's so good. Uh. It's, it's really fun and strange. Like, there's a whole like Vietnam War thing. It's yeah. cool. It's yeah. cool. Great one. Isn't the lead the guy who's in uh, the Greatest American Hero? Isn't that oh yeah, yeah, it is totally yes. making it all the more better. Believe it or not, I'm There's a fucking old lady creature chasing me down the stairs. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Um, and then you know, I love Gremlins. That's just a that's a fun and that's oh, Christmas. Yeah. That's that's Christmassy. Oh, hundred percent Christmas yeah. movie. And totally. then where do you stand on Gremlins too? Holy shit. A new batch. Um uh, uh uh entertaining but nuts it's nuts it's, it's a it's a so nutty funny. wild movie i 
kind of like it more than the original because it's so impossible impossible there's a okay for all the listeners watching this when you get a chance you need to google key and peel gremlins 2 sketch it is the funniest sketch ever they it's about uh you know they're sitting around at a board meeting at the studio talking about okay gremlins was a huge success now let's work on gremlins 2 and they bring in like this this movie guy this uh this snazzy, like, I'm just going to fix it up. And it's like, and he's like, electricity gremlin done in the movie. <laughs> Talking, smoking, hot gremlin done in the movie. And it's the fucking funniest sketch I've ever seen. I love that. I watch it like once every year. Uh, it's have, so you guys, have you guys seen the family portrait meme of Yoda and the sexy gremlin posed uh, with, the, with baby Yoda? <laughs> no. no, I love that. No, Sexy Gremlin is very great. <laughs> yeah, and she likes to get with dude like humans. That's yeah, also yeah. it's like got that fun Looney Tunes quality. It's it's very Looney Tuney, uh, which I like. I'm I'm always here for that because I feel like I and I maybe butcher this may be a complete lie, but like Joe Dante didn't want to do a sequel. But they're like, you got, please do a sequel. And so he was just like, okay, I'm going to kind of then make fun of the idea of it being a sequel. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, because it's totally a spoof of the first movie. Right, right, where it is just like, okay, you want a sequel? I will give you. Yeah, it's off the fucking rails. I mean, a wild sequel. (laughs) Yeah. Did Joe Dante direct the segment from Twilight Zone, the movie with the gremlin on the plane <gasps> that's scaring John Lithgow? I oh, think he did that. That is so good. I that's love a fucking, that. The, that's incredible. It? Yeah, I think he gets it. Did you ever see the original one of that? Uh, yes. Uh, is that yeah. William Shatner? Am I my, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is. Yes, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, right. The original yeah, on the Twilight yeah. Gremlin on a uh, the wing uh, in the original version of the Twilight, he's like wearing this like I don't know. He looks like you know he's got this big winter coat, and I'm gonna look it up. But uh, yeah, I love that Twilight Zone. That is like fucking so good. It's so. Good. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got like. Oh, a, he looks like the abominable snowman. Like yeah, the abominable on. snowman. Yeah, a gremlin on the wing. I'm gonna look that up. Whoa, weird. Yeah, yeah he's like a yeti. Whoa, which that would be. That's, like, that's insane. right. Yeah, that's right. Like a yeti. Yeah. Which yeah. I think that would be scarier to see on an airplane wing than a fucking little creature. Yeah. Like, oh, a yeah. full like a full furry man on the <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, he's scary looking. Kind of cuddly. Oh yeah, oh, yeah that, like is, that, that is William night. Shatner. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Young William Shatner, and dude. it's so great because isn't it? If I remember correctly, uh, he's on his way back from like the psych ward or something. Like he's had a mental break. Yes, and. Uh, you know, but and, and so you're left with questioning, like, is he really seeing this or is he just fucking loony, loony tunes, which is yes. which is UFO and aliens and everything else in, in general. So it's like the perfect fucking television episode. I prefer the the Joe Dante. Uh, I think it's Joe Dante did this one. Oh, yeah. Because uh, he was a director on it of the of the 20 fear, 20,000 oh, feet. Yeah. Look evil at the Gremlin. Lithgow it's one. Cool. So good. I don't know, man. That Yeti's pretty, pretty awesome too. Man, 
And then did they do did they remake that one in the new series? Because I'm seeing Adam Scott now as this character. Oh. I gotta watch this. Oh, I didn't know about the Adam Scott one. It's called Dark uh no, that's a different thing. Yeah, there's there they must have remade it again. Oh wow. Michael, I just as I'm floating through Google, there's a fucking action figure of the of the Yeti Twilight. Ah. Yeah, I saw it. You both saw it. I need that. I saw it. I bought it. It's overnighted to my house. Uh, Might hear my dog bark. It's it's that figure showing up at my door. (laughs) Betsy, any other little creature movies that that you put on the list? Hmm. Other than Troll, obviously, which I think we talked about we last talked time. About troll, yeah. Oh man, Troll too, too. Troll those, those are goblins. Um, yeah. I mean, I love them. Love Leprechaun. Uh, uh, what other little creatures? The little, the little, like in Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the little clowns that pop out of her hamper. Yeah, that's right. awesome. Those you dudes just watched that for the first time recently, didn't you? Wait, you did? No, I thought you did. I thought I saw on uh, Instagram that you just watched that recently. No, we did a podcast about it because we uh, love it so much, where every episode was was talking right. about it. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to play a game. Uh, we've played it with you before. We okay. play it with every guest. It's It's been updated for 2020. <gasps> um, so... So, well, and I guess not so much for 2020, but for year four of Bigfoot Collectors Club. Uh, Betsy, you know the drill. I'm going to go down a long list yes. of phenomena. If you're open to it, you're going to say believe it. If you're not, you're going to say bullshit. Okay. This is a game that we like to call bullshit. Or believe it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Totally. Man, it takes one week off. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> really are on island time, man. All right, Betsy Sodaro. Okay. On your mark. Uh oh. Get set. Ghosts. Believe it. UFOs. Believe it. Bigfoot. Uh, believe it. ESP. Believe it. Shadow people. Yeah, believe it. Unicorns. Bullshit. Alien abductions. Believe it. Yeti. Believe it. Mothman. Believe it. Out of body experiences. Believe it. Tarot cards. Believe it. Demonically possessed dolls. <laughs> Bullshit. Oh, well, actually, I don't know, man. Never mind. You, Believe it. <laughs> have you ever checked into Robert the, the haunted doll? Yeah, dude. That yeah, shit scares me. Oh, shit. The healing power of crystals. Um,. Oh, yeah, I'm I this one I'm like if it helps people feel better cool, but I don't think the rock itself is like you know what I'm saying? So I guess bullshit, bullshit. An alien spacecraft crashed at Roswell. Oh. Yeah, believe it. Loch Ness monster. Believe it. Atlantis. <laughs> believe it. Haunted houses. Believe them. Skunk ape. What? Oh, <laughs> I've heard of this. Uh, bullshit. I don't know. Ooh, you almost unlocked the game within the game. <laughs> I think we're going to play it because you said what? Okay. All right. Stand by. <laughs> okay. Devil. Oh, um, um, shit. Uh, I guess, I don't know. Oh, 
I, I, I think bullshit. I, these one, I, okay, keep going. The biblical devil. Bullshit. Speaking to the dead. Believe it. Mermaids. Bullshit. The government is hiding the truth about Sasquatch. <laughs> Ooh, believe it. Mm-hmm. Past lives. Believe it. Life on other planets. Believe it. Life after death. Believe it. Great. Yeah, you survived another round of bullshit or believe Ooh. it. Another year well and done. another round we of bullshit. Or Thank it. you so much. We did it. It's it's really wild what I uh, and I feel like talking about this every time I do it. I'm just like, like unicorn. I'm like, fuck no. But then Yeti, I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> Where it's like, why? <laughs> Come on. What is that? That's I, I was watching my new favorite show on Travel Channel, Paranormal Caught on Camera. I cannot and, stop oh, talking about this And show. there's a video Uh-oh. of a fucking unicorn. Oh, there what? is not. And I swear to God, this guy is like, I think he's like in England or something. And he's like, He's got his phone. He's like, what the, what the fuck? And he puts his phone out the window. And there in the middle of this beautiful field with other horses and shit is this white horse with a fucking unicorn no. on it. What? Yes. And, he, and the guy like, <laughs> the guy goes downstairs like, he cannot believe it. He goes downstairs in the elevator, walks outside, and then it's gone. It's like run off. And it's of just course. like, unicorns are real. I don't know, man. I think he like something. It just the timing made it look like. I'm gonna send you that video. Send it to me. Put it. Send it so we can put it in the show notes. Done. Send it to us right now, and we'll watch it on the break, and we'll we'll come back. Okay, I gotta look for it. Fast little fingers here. Well, (laughs) we're we're only producing a show here. Um, So speaking of fast little fingers, uh, Betsy, get your Google ready Uh because you unlocked a game within the game Uh called 60 Seconds to Sell Skunk Ape. Bryce is going to have 60 seconds to convince you that Skunk Ape is real. Bryce, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Bryce, I failed miserably at this last week, so you need to redeem us. All right, here we go. It was rough. I, I I don't envy you. Here we go. Here I've we never go. seen Riley actually melt down, and he did. <laughs> I couldn't um, do it. Okay. Uh, all right. On your mark, get set, sell skunk ape. Betsy, if you believe in Bigfoot and in Yeti, this shouldn't be too far of a stretch for you. This is Florida's Bigfoot. This is the Everglades Bigfoot. And if you have a Google search bar near you, just type in skunk ape palmetto. And palmetto is the name of a plant that it's next to. So not long ago, an old lady noticed that apples were being taken from her yard. And she saw the creature and she went out at night one time with her camera. And she said, I managed to take two pictures and the flash went off. And she caught this seconds. creature in the in the lens of her camera. And as you could see, that's not a fucking orangutan. That's like, that's a Bigfoot from Florida. That is a skunk ape. And you could see the eyes shine in the eyes and the canines in the lower jaw. And she sent a letter to the sheriff's department saying, is somebody missing an orangutan? And in the second picture, you can actually see it like lifting up, which she describes in the letter. So it's not some inanimate Five, object or, four, or, or stuffed three, taxidermy two, dummy. Betsy, one. you know. Stop. Apes Stop. You're done. You're done. Whoa. Wow. You That's know, a at work. I don't know. This looks pretty goofy. Uh <laughs> It looks like I do think it might have been just a like an ape escaped in Florida. What kind <laughs> yes, of ape is that? Florida yeah, weird. I guarantee there are people in Florida who fucking own like gorillas and I shit. Can't argue with that. Yeah, <laughs> and their Solid gorilla report. got out. Like 
Betsy, green light? Gorilla. Are you gonna green light skunk ape or are you gonna pass on I'm this? I'm passing. Bit? I'm passing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm passing. It's okay. It's okay. I gotta re uh, I gotta rethink my game here for next time. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, it's time for this week's story of high strangeness. <laughs> We're back uh, with Betsy Sodaro, and we just watched this unicorn video that Bryce was talking about. <laughs> Bryce if is trying to prove Google unicorns. It, it's in the show. I'll put it in the show notes. If you want to Google at home, it, just type in paranormal caught on camera unicorn, and it'll pop right up on YouTube. Uh, thoughts, everybody? Here's I think my it's thought. a bit. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No. Let's go, you go ahead. <laughs> I think it's a farmer doing a bit. Yeah, <laughs> I think I truly do. I think they're like, let's put a horn on this horse, and it'll be funny. I yeah. I think it's a bit. Yeah, but the context is so. In the context of the video, there's, there's no farmers around. There's just a huge open field, and there's no there's no fences either. It's like this this horse, this unicorn is just out in the oh middle God, of nowhere. He's really fighting for this. <laughs> I mean, so are a bunch of sheep. Yeah, that somebody owns and shepherds. Yeah, yeah. This is a ranch. So they're like, yeah, they're like, if I put this horn on this horse, like, no one's gonna see it. They're gonna freak out. Bryce, we live in an age where everyone is now building silver monoliths and putting them out in the middle of nowhere just to freak everybody out. Man, whatever. <laughs> I think this is either a very long, crooked ear on the other side of this horse's head, or. It's yeah. I don't think it's a. I don't think long it's a real unicorn. Ear. Yeah, you might <laughs> oh, have a man. long ear that's just kind of on the other. It's just the angle of it. We got to get a better look. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I get. <laughs> right, well. See if I send you guys any more videos. Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, what you guys think. Is your definition of unicorn like just a horse with a horn? Like it doesn't no powers. Just we're just talking. Yeah, <laughs> it could like, just be a wondering. long wart or like some growth on its head. Oh, yeah, oh, like oh, a bone. I'm sorry, spur. Riley, that this fucking horse didn't get up and fly. Sorry, saying, bro. So I maybe, thought the horn. Yeah. I thought the horn was enough. Or at least like you know rainbow laser eyes, like something you know something. <laughs> I didn't see this horse not fly away. I'll put it that way. <laughs> fair enough. That is fair enough. <laughs> well, speaking of magical creatures that may or may not exist, we, of course, are going to jump into tonight's story of high strangeness. Now, Betsy uh, and Bryce, I sent you lines of dialogue to yes. participate in the story. So you might want to open up your email, have that ready, and I'll cue you when it's time. Okay. Give us that line. Um, but tonight... We, of course, in the spirit of Christmas, are going to be talking about. Bryce, I think you should give me like, or Riley, sorry. I think you should give me like a real Brazilian like whistle. Like you might hear in like Rio de Janeiro at a carnival party. <laughs> a, a Brazilian whistle. Yeah, Brazilian like a big high pitched <laughs> whistle. Like, you know, like a police whistle that you'd hear at like a, at a, at a carnival. All right. Okay. okay. Hit it with, hit it. Now, elves, they're on the shelves. Prepare yourselves. We're talking elves. Oh. <laughs> wow. Nice. All right. Nice. Yeah. You'll, make that, that, bro. you'll make that pretty for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no worries. Elves are elemental beings found in nature. 
fields, and forests, living beneath hillsides or in hollowed-out trees, where sometimes they mass-manufacture delicious fudge-striped cookies. Elves are... (laughs) Elves are ostensibly interchangeable with their French cousin, the fairy, and their roots trace back to Germanic, British, and Swedish folklore and mythology. Up through the medieval and middle ages, they were believed to live alongside humanity, but remain invisible to the eye unless they so desired otherwise. Sometimes helping in the home, if said homeowner was lucky and respectful to the hidden folk, or sometimes causing mischief and outright harm by tormenting livestock or striking poor victims with elf shot, a name given to the shooting and stabbing pains that seemingly come out of nowhere sometimes. Now that's the name of a band right there, dude. Elf shot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what I call my sexual climax. (laughs) Here comes the elf shot. (laughs) No one. (laughs) Not cool, bro. Yeah, I like that there is a name. They had a name like four or 500 years ago, and suddenly you're like, oh, why does my side hurt? They thought (laughs) you were being shot by an invisible elf. Makes sense. (laughs) Turns out you just needed to drink some water. Yeah, just dehydrated. (laughs) Um, And they, they would find arrowheads from the Neolithic age, and they would say that they were elf arrows. Wow. Isn't that kind of cool? That is cool. Yeah. Um, Elves are also known to kidnap babies and oh, swap yeah. them out for changelings wow. and live in parallel dimensions which can be accessed beneath their fairy hill dwellings. If you are ever abducted by an elf, this is one of BCC's number one rules, guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whatever you do, do not eat their food no way, or Uh-oh. drink their mead or beer or wine whatever they're trying to fucking feed you and make you drink do not Uh -uh. do it and never ever ever dance you will be compelled to dance when they play their fairy songs do not fucking do it you will never return to the human realm whoa i didn't know the dancing part yeah. yeah, you can't dance, and you'll you'll feel really compelled to, but you cannot. Really, with fairy music, I doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> I doubt it, man. Hey, the only way to reverse the spell of an elf song is to have a fiddler play the sa- the song back note for note perfectly backwards. Whoa! No one's ever been able to do it. Betsy, you can't tell me if they offered you a big mug of beer, and <laughs> like like some tasty brat, and then would like turned on the the music that you wouldn't go throw down. And dude, I don't know. I would have a hard time accepting food and and stuff from an elf. I would be just like, no, I don't fucking tr-. like. I get weirded out when friends are like, I made you cookies. Oh wow! Like I don't fucking <laughs> trust this shit, man. Gotcha, gotcha. In well, Norse, you're gonna be okay. <laughs> In Norse, <laughs> especially during COVID, who wants who wants any homemade? Right, food? right. In North, do you think elves get COVID? Probably. In sure. Norse mythology, <laughs> elves were split into two camps: light elves and dark elves. And generally behaved as those descriptions would imply. The light elves, the Lojosafar were majestic and luminous and fairer than the sun to look at. 
They dwelled in the heavenly Norse realm of Alfheimr, which translates into elf home or elf world. These tall, hot elves are partly the inspiration behind the elves in J.R.R. Tolkien's classic Lord of the Rings. Oh. Hot elves. Hot elves, dude. Hot elves, dude. Of course. That's where we get fucking Orlando Bloom. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a light elf. Meanwhile, the dark elves, or the Tokokafar, live in subterranean realms and are nasty creatures. Obviously, these parallel beings, uh, these these beings, uh, parallel beings mirror the Christian idea, idea of angels and demons. Or, if you want to go Star Wars, and you know I always do, the Jedi and the Sith. In fact, the name Sith originates from a race of Scottish elves called the Sith or Slagmaith. And I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Origins of the elven race vary, and no one truly knows where they come from or what they are. As Christianity spread across Western Europe, elves were often classified as pagan entities, although Christian ministers and scholars like the Reverend Robert Kirk, a Gaelic scholar who literally wrote the book on elves called The Secret Commonwealth, he explored the idea that elves were fallen angels or the spirits of the dead that live beneath the hills until Judgment Day. Hmm. Reverend Kirk was almost the Charles Fort or John Keel of his day. He lived between 1644 and 1692 in Aberfoyle, Scotland, and all he did was basically collect stories of elves, fauns, and fairies, as well as ghosts, witchcraft, and extrasensory perception from the Scottish Highlands. Yeah, he was was, OG. Oh, dude. Didn't he get taken to Elfland and never seen again? Didn't he disappear? Bryce? Sorry, I'm burying the lead. Once again, jump into the third act before you get there. There's our guy. Straight to the climax of the story. I get so excited. Sorry. (laughs) So, uh, he was very interested in collecting stories about psychic phenomenon, and he was really into seers, people who could predict the future. And he kind of came at it from the angle uh, that all of this was evidence of the supernatural world, which would help bolster belief in the existence of God, a supreme supernatural being. Right. He described elves as such. These Siths, or fairies, they call slay-maith, or the good people, are said to be of middle nature between man and angel, as were demons thought to be of old. Of intelligent fluidity, fluidness. That's oh a made-up word. He made I, that word up, by oh, the way. Okay, good. I was like, I, I didn't think I... Yeah. Of intelligent fluidness spirits and light-changeable bodies, like those called astral, somewhat of the nature of a condensed cloud and best seen in twilight. These bodies be so pliable through the subtlety of spirits that agitate them, that they can make them appear or disappear at pleasure. Wow. So basically, he's like, yeah, Twilight, you'll see them marching along in their, like, spider silk woven clothing. They almost look like ghosts. You know what I mean? We're not there. We're not looking at, like, little tiny guys. These are sort of, like, human-sized ghost people that sort of are astral projections 
that are, like he said, somewhere between man and angel, meaning between flesh and spirit. They're uh-huh. kind of the, the, the in-between state. You know, they're not quite angels. They're not quite human. They're the other people. They're the hidden people. And that's kind of how he saw elves, you know. And later, um, they also became that sort of the description of what the fairy or fae folk were as well. You know, and that word stems uh, from the French. And it basically all kind of gets mixed together. But that's what he would call elves or these like weird, uh, sinewy, spectrally people. Mm. Fluidus is the uh, the first song on my album, Elf Shot. It's, <laughs> it's also the thing I say right after my sexual climax. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the elves that inhabit the world of Reverend Kirk may have been responsible for strange accounts of rock and stone throwing, poltergeist activity, oh. big tormented barn animals. They would see glowing orbs. And they would hear wood knockings. Wow, that's... in the forest and in the wall on the walls of, of farmhouses and, and cottages. It's like Bigfoot, UFO, and ghost activity all rolled up into one. In yeah. fact, some of the accounts, as described by Kirk in his book, which I have a copy of, um, give me the impression that if he were around today, he would not be surprised at all by some of the strange happenings said to have taken place in a location like skinwalker ranch wow yeah oh yeah um i gotta go grab the book i left it on my coffee table i'm gonna need it for a quote so if you guys want to vamp or we'll just time coat mark this i'll be right back yeah we can vamp dude we, we can vamp we can bro with the best yeah. of all shit we can vamp for sure yeah that's crazy i mean wood knocking and stone throwing that's that's classic bigfoot shit right there you know yeah it's also very like uh, Tommy knockers, you know, yeah, which think, are also kind of elfy. Yeah, it's like there's this phenomenon happening, and and we're all trying to, you know, put our own description and and, and name to it, you know. But it's all yes. the same thing, you know. At least it seems to be. Yeah, I remember you got like. Uh, I think the first time I came on, uh. I was very much like, no, like, I don't believe in a lot of this stuff. But then you're like, what if it's all essentially the same thing, but like showing it shows up in different forms to different people. Yeah. Yeah. And that blew my mind. And even the thought of, and you, you, y'all said this of like aliens, like what if these things are aliens just showing up in like. Just a different look than uh, the classic what we think aliens look or, like. Or what if aliens aren't even aliens? It's just whatever this thing is, and it's showing up as aliens right now when it showed up <gasps> as the Sith back Ooh, then. Ooh, there it is. So Kirk may have gotten too close to the other world. He mysteriously died at the age of 47. His body found on one of the hills beneath which it was believed elves lived. In folklorist Andrew Lang's introduction to the secret commonwealth, he writes, His successor, the Reverend Dr. Graham, informs us that Mr. Kirk was walking on a dunshi or fairy hill in his neighborhood. He sunk down in a swoon, which was taken for death. After the ceremony of a seeming funeral, writes Scott, 
the form of the Reverend Robert Kirk appeared That's to right. a relation and commanded him to go to Graham of Douchere. And then, so basically, this ghost, Kirk's ghost shows up, and he tells his successor, Graham, Say to Dushre, who is my cousin as well as your own, that I am not dead, but captive in I captive in fairyland. Yeah. And only one chance remains for my liberation. Well. The posthumous child of which my wife has been delivered since my disappearance shall be brought to baptism. I will appear in the room. Yep. When, if Dushre shall Dutchray shall throw over my head the knife or dirk which he holds in his hand, I may be restored to society. But if this is neglected, I am lost forever. Wow. True to his tryst, I'm still and I'm still reading this all from the book, Mr. Kirk did appear at the christening and was visibly seen. But Dutchray was so astonished that he did not Dutchray. throw his dirk over the head of the You had one job, dude! Oh, man. You could throw the fucking dirk over your shoulder, Dutchray. <laughs> in society, Mr. Kirk has not yet been restored. What? It's extremely to be regretted, as he could now add matter of much importance to his treatise. Neither history nor tradition has more to tell about Mr. Robert Kirk who seems to have been a man of good family, a student, and, as his book shows, an innocent and learned person. But think about that, right? So nobody was writing about or taking seriously the idea of of Elvin and Faye. And, and you know... Well, and psychic, psychical... He was basically the first yeah. psychical researcher in a way, because he yeah. was like, people keep having uh, visions of the future that come true. What's that but, about? It was oh. rumored, and as the story goes, they were not pleased with him sort of giving away um, all these details about their existence and, and, and wherewithals. And so they took him to Elfland. They basically right. kidnapped they abducted him. him. Uh, they abducted him because, you know, they did not appreciate uh, giving away all their secrets. Because the, so uh. the thing that comes up with elves again and again is you have to have a very um, – like respectful fear of them almost yeah, you have to they, right. they say that like if you encounter an elf you take off your hat you speak to them with respect and you better give them something in your pocket that you're attached to like yeah. if you oh. had like an if like if i had an action figure of luke skywalker in my pocket i'd want to give him that you yeah. know what i mean <clears throat> and not like the new one with the muscles you'd be like give him no. the fucking old school <laughs> it would have to be the one from my childhood yeah. you know your ass will be smited like there's certain kind of flowers you wanted to carry around in your breast pocket in case you came across one of them you, you know sometimes like a little piece of bread or cake or something like oh. that you know would help but you got to give them something um otherwise they're gonna fuck up they're gonna fuck with you and uh, you might never come back again Oh shit! Yeah, they're Elves, tricky. man, they're tricky, dude. Yeah, into the 17th and 19th centuries, thanks to uh, through 19th centuries, I should say, thanks to authors like Edmund Spencer with the Fairy Queen and Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream, elves began to morph into the cute little humanoid critters we're more familiar with today. The pointy-eared types that wear pointy hats and smoke pipes on toadstools. 
Christmas elves first began to emerge in the Victorian era as the Dutch version of St. Nicholas. You'll recall this, Betsy, from your first Christmas episode. Yeah. Uh, Santa Claus became popular in the emerging American Christmas tradition. In 1822, Clement Clark Moore wrote The Night Before Christmas, which establishes Santa as a right jolly elf. However, he makes no mention of a toy shop or Santa's famous elves. The notion of Christmas elves may have been first floated uh, in an unpublished work by Louisa May Alcott, who, of course, wrote Little Women. Oh. In a story that was she called The Christmas Elves in 1852. But it was really the magazines of the era that started the myth of the elves working for Santa in the North Pole. In December of 1857, Harper's Weekly published a poem called The Wonders of Santa Claus, where readers were introduced to the little green men working hard to bring joy to the children of the world with this stanza. Betsy, if you'll read that, please. You got it. Okay. In his house, upon the top of a hill, and almost out of sight, he keeps a great many elves at work, all working with all their might, to make a million of pretty things, cakes, sugar plums, and toys, to fill the stockings hung up, uh, you know, by the little girls and boys. Wow, that's wild. I like that they added you know just to fill out some... You some know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know, the little yeah. girls and boys, come yeah, on. Isn't that, isn't that amazing, though, that a poem kicked it all off? And, and yes. just like the elf on the shelf of a little book, you know, meant for children, kicked off the whole fucking elf thing. It's well, amazing. and like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was like, yeah. I think it was like Montgomery Ward. Yeah, it was like Santa, Claus, Santa Claus with Coca-Cola. It's like yep. amazing. Yep, yep. Corporate bastards. Yeah, yeah man. Like we said, like we said before, <laughs> Christmas has always been commercial. And then on the cover of Goaty's Ladies Book, you guys remember that? No. Um, they were <laughs> published an image of elves working in Santa's workshop at the North Pole on a magazine cover in 1873, sealing their relationship with old Saint Nick forever. Another cold place that's famous for elves. Bryce, you want to take a stab at that? No, not not a line. But you you want to take a guess? Oh, another cold place, uh, Switzerland. Well, close. I mean, Norway, yes, closeish. Iceland, Iceland. Of course, I meant that. right. Oh. <laughs> there, the belief in elves is still taken very seriously. Right. Yes. And why wouldn't it be when you might encounter an entity, Betsy? You're gonna mm. love this, known as. The Lard Elf. <laughs> what? Just one of many elves in Iceland. Here's a summary of the legend that I pulled from ExtremeIceland.is. Oh. I'll read directly from the website here. Seduced by a Lard Elf on Christmas. <laughs> According <Okay>. to Icelandic... <laughs> According to Icelandic folklore, if you sit down at a crossroad in Iceland where you see four churches... Elves will appear and offer you some of their finest elf swag. They will offer you gold, silver, or jewels, while others will morph into your mother or sister and ask you to come with them. Shapeshifters. Elves can also do that. This might sound like a great deal, but there's a catch. If you accept any of their gifts, you'll go insane. Oh, no. Wow. But... If you make it through the night without accepting any of their gifts, 
you should stand up and utter the words, Thank God, now it is daytime everywhere. The elves will then disappear, leaving all that sweet elf booty behind. One time, a guy named called Fusi attempted the challenge and sat down at a crossroad. He was doing good, rejecting one tempting elf offer after another. <laughs> but then an elf came bearing the most tempting offerings of them all, Uh-oh. a hardened piece of lard, which was a delicacy <laughs> at the time. This time, this dude was bound to go insane, no matter what, man. (laughs) This time, Fusi gave in to temptation and took a huge bite out of the lard and spoke the famous words, Seldom have I denied the lard. (laughs) He, of course, went insane. Of course, let him go insane, man. If lard is gonna be the thing that you're like, I'm willing to risk it. Well, you have discovered Farsi's weak spot. <laughs> I also like that this is sort of like the Iceland elf challenge. Where you're like, all right, I gotta find it. You you put yourself there. You're like, I gotta find a crossroad. There's gotta be four oh churches, God. and I gotta right. sit in this corner. Do your worst, elves. I'm gonna like get rich by morning time. So good. Right. I should have known. I should have known Iceland. Did you guys see that movie Eurovision Song Contest with Will Ferrell? Yeah, yeah. I just watched that during choir. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. They had elves in there, right? Yeah, and they were staunch totally. believers, right? Yeah. Like I, I heard that uh, in Iceland, like it's still yeah, elves are very much a part of their uh, culture still. To where if they if they're like building a road and they think that an elf village. Yes. Is in the way then they will like change construction. They'll they'll like Do you have a copy of my story of high strangeness? No. Because I was literally about to say (laughs) Give it to us. Give it to us. In Iceland, civil engineering projects and plans are sometimes redrawn or rerouted to protect the land where nature elementals are believed to inhabit. That's amazing. Such customs are described in this New York Times article from 2005, when construction workers in, God help me here, Hafnarfjordur, a fourth town in the outskirts of Reykjavik, came upon some trouble while raising a hill to make way for a graveyard. This is directly from the story. After two different bulldozers repeatedly and inexplicably malfunctioned and local television cameras failed when trained on the hill, though they worked elsewhere, the crew halted their project. We're going to see whether we can't reach an understanding with the elves, Jan Ingi, the project survivor, told Morgenbladet, a Reykjavik newspaper at the time. Local elf communicators were called in to arbitrate and after a while, work Fuck resumed. Yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, well, whatever it is, hidden people or elves, it has just accepted this and moved away from here. Mr. Hartison told uh, Valdemir Hafstein, or Hafstein, an academic researcher who in the late 1990s published The Elves' Point of View, an article about elves and their effect on construction projects. Another type moving out of the story uh, for Riley sound cues. Another type of modern elf encounter can sometimes occur under the influence of hallucinogenic drugs. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Like DMT and psilocybin. Mm -hmm. While undergoing hallucinogenic experiments, Terrence McKenna was introduced to entities he coined 
machine elves or clockwork elves. Oh. Bryce, if you'll read. Yeah, I'm going to attempt my Terrence McKenna impersonation. Here we go. Go. <laughs> I encounter self-transforming elf machines, which are creatures, entities perhaps, although they're not made of matter. They're made out of, as nearly as I can figure it, syntax driving light. They use a language you see. It is made out of sound. It is sound, but you see it. And the entire point of the encounter, from their perspective, is to teach you to do this. That's pretty damn good McKenna. Yeah. That's somebody who's listened to a lot of hours. (laughs) (laughs) So he describes these entities that literally bounce around him and like literally make him. He says that they go, look, look at me. Watch what we can do. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then they talk and these 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 visual forms of language come out of their mouths. Yes. And he says it goes to the point. And with DMT specifically, and listen, guys, we're not encouraging any of you guys to go do drugs. I know sometimes you guys write in and say, "Don't, don't talk about this stuff." But here's the thing: there's weird creatures. We're just talking about the weird encounters that people have. That's what I'm interested in. Um, that this is about halfway through a DMT trip when it's like peaking, that you have this happen to you sometimes, and that he himself has had then words come out of his mouth that look literally like word balloons forming in a comic page or these like wow. weird structures pour out yeah. of his mouth and they're sort of like yes you can do it too this is what they're trying to teach you to do yeah it's incredible and he compares it to you know in christendom they call it the logos you know and the word was made flesh and it's and it's like these elves are also like he said made of language the world is made of language you know oh. and almost from uh you know i missed your uh your simulation theory but you you, you know what programs computers don't you language code uh-huh. you mm-hmm. know and and all of this is is of the same ilk you know uh well, and there are roots of that in spell casting, you know, with magicians and wizards and witches. Yeah. When you cast a spell, you know, the word, it's literally spell. You're putting symbols together to create something that didn't exist before. That's right. You know, so wow. when, you write, when you spell words, when you write a story, you're literally creating a magic spell. Basically, you're taking something that didn't exist and you're putting an idea into a physical form through language. Yeah, and even going it's exactly going back even to, into Christians, I mean the Bible in the Bible it said, you know, God gave Adam the task of naming the beasts of the field and until he did so, they weren't actually in existence, you know, they were just there sort of as an uh, amalgamous blob, but it wasn't until he gave them name you know, I name you Oxen, I name you Cat, that they became things. Well, I'll take you on even more. The word universe can be described to mean one verse, one mm. one sentence, one word. Oh. Wild man. We're all living in is one verse. It's one line of spell casted wow. language. <laughs> so the fifth dimensional elves don't necessarily look like literal elves they aren't limited uh and they aren't limited to mckenna alone many users undergoing dmt experiments have claimed to break through walls of dancing kaleidoscopic fractal patterns and meet with intelligent beings on the other side wow are these intelligencies 
the true hidden people living alongside us invisibly since the dawn of time? Or are elves just figures of folklore and Christmas TV specials? No. Well, you know I no. had to... No. <laughs> Betsy, because you were here, you know I had to find some elf encounters to share with you. Oh, yes. I'm so pumped. So I dug up a few on Reddit on a thread created by a user called, If anyone has ever had encounters with elves, has anyone ever had encounters with elves in real life? And people responded. So here's here's some highlights from that. Yes. Uh, And these are all anonymous. So. One person says, yes, when I was young, just under six, I woke up in the morning and looked out my window and saw these guys. And then he put a link to like the straight up like David the Gnome looking elves, like Garden Gnome looking elves. But they they were doing real work up in the branches of the tree in my backyard right outside the window. One was pushing a wheelbarrow. One was carrying acorns. One was just walking. There was a woman and a baby. They couldn't have been more than three to four inches tall. Very classic looking elves or slash gnomes. I watched them for a few seconds and one looked at me and noticed that I had noticed them. Uh. Then I blinked and they were gone. Whoa. Didn't even seem weird at the time. Just elves doing elf stuff. (laughs) Another person writes, when I was about 17, I lived in South Florida. It was dusk and I took my German shepherd outside to do her business. I saw about six to ten creatures about the length of my hand flying vertically about six feet from me. They did a small circuit and and flew off. My dog saw them too and tried to jump at them. I've always thought they were some sort of fae. Another person writes, I know. I've had experiences with what I've come to learn are imps. Lived with a boyfriend who is being tormented by these small creatures. They lurked in the shadows of his house, were about a foot tall, very fast, so that when one sees them, one dismisses it as imagination. After marrying the guy, having a kid with him, and <laughs> divorcing him, our kid, now 23, would visit him at his house regularly and remember seeing these things very clearly. What? Since they were closer to her size, she got a good look at them. She described them as looking like elves with long ears, but with mean, toothy grins. Ew! Saw them come in and out of solid walls. What? Yeah. Aliens can do that. Yep. (laughs) I'd say, like, ghosts can do that shit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I live in a town that has folklore about little elves that live in the woods and steal children who aren't being cared for properly. One day when my mom was a kid, she and her entire family saw a little elf guy frolicking through their field. They just sat there watching it jump and dance around from their living room window until it finally disappeared. (laughs) I like to think that that was maybe just like a neighbor who was just like running naked through their field. Yeah, I think it was just somebody having a ball. It happens. Yeah. Here's another one. This is the last one I'll read. Uh... The first time was 22 years ago, when my mom was pregnant with my sister. She had a fight with my dad, and it was so bad she had to leave the house and slept in an old lady's house around the corner. She was seven to eight months pregnant, so the old lady, fearing my my mom could go into labor because of the stress, stayed with her in the same room at the back of the house. They say it was around midnight, and they were about to fall asleep, when they saw a shadow looking through the window. They stayed until they heard the person walking away. 
My mom says she thought it was my dad looking for her, so they went to see through the windows to make sure. They both say they saw a small man covered in black hair with a small tail walking huh? away. What? Now, they thought it was a monkey, even though there wasn't a zoo in that city, much less monkeys. But that was the logical explanation. Until they saw it turn around. They describe it as having a completely human-like face. Like being a man, only difference, it's only difference being its size. Like a five-year-old kid, but chubby and covered in hair. Oof. Not cool, dude. It stood there looking at them for maybe five seconds and then ran away. The next encounter happened four to five months after my grandma's house, where my parents lived. They had built a room behind the main house, and my sister was sleeping in her crib in my parents' room. And I was with my grandma and aunt in the main house. My aunt says my mom came to see if I needed anything. I was two years old. And asked my aunt to keep an eye on me because she was going to take a nap. My aunt said sure, and my mom left. So my aunt says maybe two minutes have passed when she clearly heard the sounds of coins coming from my parents' room. I should my sister had a sweater with tiny coins attached to it, so my aunt thought my sister was awake and went to grab her from, so my mom could sleep. She said she was walking into the room and saw the door wide open. When she came closer, she saw my mom laying in bed, completely asleep, and next to my sister's crib was the same human-like thing trying to grab my sister. What? She screamed at my mom, and being and, and then and the being ran away into the backyard. She picked up my mother, or she picked up my sister, and my mom said, uh, and my mom was still sleeping. She had to push her for her to wake up. Listen, some of these are written a little poorly, but, you know, these are juicy. My mom did not tell anyone about her encounter because she thought that night uh, she and the old lady were just tired and that they saw something under the moonlight. Not the best illumination. Yet my aunt described this thing exactly as my mom did, small, chubby, and covered in hair, standing in two, on two legs and with a man's face. I forgot to add that my dad and two other neighbors ran after that thing. They heard it running through some bushes behind the yard, but they didn't find it. Could you imagine that shit? That's crazy. And there you have it. Wow. A brief wow. look at hell just in time for the holidays. Yeah, I'll man. throw up a bunch of links in the show notes. And of course, if you have ever had an elf encounter, please write to us at BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com. Would you? Wow. What the hell's that? What? What are these elves? Exactly. Are Dude, that one, it sounded like they were trying to steal that the baby and oh, yeah. changeling it, man. Yeah, for sure. Not gonna They were going to swap that baby. They were going to swap that baby for sure. Swapping right there. Right? Yes. Oh man. I mean, huh? I don't know. It's it's the the little the little kid with the tree one. I feel I I think that's just a fun dream you had. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) Like I I think you combine like. The the it, it felt like a combo of like you saw remember that David the gnome book, uh, yes, mm-hmm. that smushed with Chip and Dale, and I think it's just a fun <laughs> little dream that kid had. <laughs> well, hey, yes. maybe, I don't know, maybe it's weird stuff. I mean, I've definitely come across other stories of people being like, I turned around and there was a little man standing on my windsill, and then he disappeared, oh. my oh, windowsill, no. and um. They say in this folklore that, like, they always show up when you're least thinking about it. You know what I mean? When it's the furthest thing from your mind. So, 
Wow. Who knows? Right. Bryce, Riley, any thoughts on elves? Yeah, they're fucking real, man. I they're they're <laughs> they're out there. They're real, and they they're not just in places like Norway and Iceland. And they're fucking here, dude. They're in the states. The elves uh, are fucking here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's 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 a real phenomenon, and you can stumble across it, you know, unbeknownst to you, at any point in time in your life. So just beware. Know the rules. And and I'll have to learn that sentence you told me to learn, Michael, about keeping yeah, staving the, off. It I've is got now my rules down. Don't drink. Yeah, I like that don't. daytime everywhere thing. That's yeah, cool. that's yeah. it. I know that don't drink, don't eat, and don't dance. But I gotta I gotta learn that line too now. <laughs> I think Fuck, that's I specifically homework. just the Iceland uh, elf challenge. Yeah, you know I'd rather I mean? I'd oh, rather yeah. know it and not need it than need it and not know wouldn't, it. Wouldn't that be the fun trendy Instagram thing that everybody started doing the Iceland elf challenge and then just yeah. everyone started going insane? Go sit between four churches and lose your mind. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, um yeah i mean you know it's something i i don't you, the anonymous reddit form as a as a source of stories i always concerns me a little oh, bit oh sure sure because sure, you sure. know it's how much of that is just people telling stories it's just but, for fun but it's I, all it all yeah, adds yeah. to the folklore either way it does that's true and yeah what is folklore but people telling stories so i mean you never know if you really did have a true encounter where would you go to share it that's true. Anonymously on Reddit. That's where I'd go. Hell Stay yeah, right. dude. Hell yeah. You got me there. All right. <laughs> well, yeah. we got to wrap up another holiday edition of Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm so glad that we had Betsy back. Uh, what a treat Betsy, you are, Betsy. We don't, we don't know where to find elves, but where can people find you? Oh, nice, nice. Uh, I'm on Instagram <laughs> at Betsy Sodaro. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Oh, and yeah, give uh, a funny feeling a listen where me and Marcy Jaro, we pretty much, yeah, we talked to all of our friends about uh, paranormal experiences and stuff. Uh, yeah, if you like this, you'll, I guarantee, like a funny feeling. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So true. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, boys, anything to plug before we peace out? I mean, just, you know. I always like to plug the Patreon, the other side. Subscribe uh, to the other side. That's right. It's honest. It's you guys. It's good. I promise <laughs> you'll like it. It's yes. Fun. Great. It's good. What else do you need to know? Uh, Bryce. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, I've been working on, on my adult party game, dirty picture cover up. Uh, and I just want to say thank you. It's out. It's available. Go to DP, the DPCU game.com. Get yours today. I just want to say Thank you to all the people who have ordered one, especially Tom Malpass from Australia, who paid quite a bit in shipping. I appreciate you. And, uh, you know, just thank you. Follow us on our social medias at the DPCU game. And uh, it's I've worked really hard on it. It's so much fucking fun. I've never laughed harder playing it and uh and i hope you get one and enjoy it and uh let me know what you think absolutely and i put the link to that in every show the show notes of all these uh recent episodes so you can find it there as well as the pre-order for the new spindrift album yeah Um, and do us a favor guys will you please go to uh apple Podcasts, give us a five star review so more people can find our show and if you do we'll read it well we might read it like like this one that says, Good Cryptid Fun, five stars by Soul Gardenia. I came to the club through a funny feeling pod. Oh, yeah. Boom. 
funny, entertaining, and as a Floridian, it's inspired me to ride my alligator into the swamps to find that dang skunk ape. Wow, this is more relevant than we would ever know. Wow. Came for the cryptid, stayed for the conversations about hallucin- hallucinogens. Oh my God, nice. she nailed three of the topics wow. today. Whoa. Synchronicity, bro. Wow, wow. Um, and this is a reminder to you guys, we will be taking the next two weeks for the holidays off. Um, so no new episode of the BCC here on the main feed until, let me look at the calendar. It's going to be Wednesday, January 6th. Oh, but, uh, in the meantime, we're still going to be doing some episodes over, uh, on the other side. If you want to check us out there, we're doing a fun movie night, uh, movie club episode coming up called, uh, the cry of Bigfoot, Bigfoot or cry wilderness, cry of the wilderness or something. I don't know. We're going down this list of <laughs> film school rejects, like top 10, uh, most wild and fun Bigfoot movies ever made. Betsy, this is an Amazon oh. prime, like, <laughs> Uh, you delicious treats. You gotta send me the list. You gotta oh, I've send got me it. the list. The so list. so so far we've done Night of the Demon, which is insane. And you oh, need I've to seen see that. that. I've seen that. That's a crazy movie. And we did uh Exists. Exists, which was mm-hmm. kind of fun. It's a Blair, it's by the Blair Witch guys. Oh, um, okay. So we're gonna we're gonna do all ten of those, and so we'll have one of those episodes coming up uh, over the holidays, as well as some other stuff over on the other side. So uh, go to Bigfoot Collectors Club dot. Go to patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. All right, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Until January 6th. Thank you again to Betsy, I should say. Thank you for um, having me. Always you, a treat. We'll have you I back next year. I love you guys year. so much. Yes. That. We got to find some good Hanukkah monsters. That'll be mm. my mission for next right, year. Right, right. Um, but uh, until then, good night. And go get regressed. Ho, 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 ho. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.